Welcome back to another episode of the AACTE podcast. AACTE, the American Association of Colleges for Teacher Education, is the leading voice on educator preparation. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Gangone, President and CEO of AACTE. We're continuing in our first series where we're highlighting case stories that were first shared at our national conference in 2021 by AACTE members. In this episode, we'll hear from four professors from the Slippery Rock University of Pennsylvania who are all part of the Rock Teach program. I'm very excited for you to hear this episode because we're discussing the topic of diversity in teacher education, which we at AACTE are deeply passionate about. The town of Slippery Rock, where the university is located, is a suburb of Pittsburgh, which is a very diverse city. The need to diversify the teacher pipeline was very obvious. And the vision of the Rock Teach program is to recruit students from Pittsburgh Public Schools to Slippery Rock teacher education programs, to retain those students by providing ongoing support and help them re-enter into Pittsburgh Public Schools as educators. And through all of this, relationship building has remained one of the hallmarks of the program for new and recurring students as well as the ambassadors, mentors, and leaders from Slippery Rock. I love that members of our community are starting these kind of initiatives to promote diversity in teacher education and are committed to taking action to explore and find new pathways that work. You most certainly will want to tune in to this story. Hello, everyone. My name is Monique Alexander. I am an assistant professor at Slippery Rock University. I am here with our Rock Teach program to tell you the story of how our program came to be and where we are right now. The name of our presentation is the Rock Teach program, building a diverse teacher pipeline through partnerships with urban schools. I will start off the presentation and I will be followed by Dr. Linda Zane, who is a full professor in the elementary and early childhood department. She will be followed by Dr. Christine Walsh, associate professor in our department. And last, you'll hear from Dr. Jeremy Lynch, associate professor in our um, special education department. So first, we'd like to paint the picture for you of the situation that led us to the development of the Rock Teach program. We are all quite familiar with the nationwide shortage of teachers of color Data from the National Center for Educational Statistics in 2019 shows that about 80% of our teachers in the workforce are white, and there is a huge drop-off in the diversity of teachers who are in the workforce thereafter. I think a lot of us are interested in diversifying our workforce because the balance between the teachers of color in the workforce and their white counterparts is very different from the demographic shift that we're seeing in our country now. One thing that's really interesting about Slippery Rock is that although we are a school that is in a rural context at kind of the tippy top of the western part of Pennsylvania, we are actually very close to the city of Pittsburgh. And the city of Pittsburgh is an exceptionally diverse space. They have a wide range of diversity in their school district. And so even though we are situated in a rural context, 
we are we often receive students who are from Pittsburgh public schools and we find ourselves in partnerships with school buildings, principals, leaders and community partners that are in that surrounding area. Recently, Pittsburgh Public Schools has launched a pilot program to diversify their teacher workforce so that they could bring up the number of teachers of color to match the diversity that they see in their student body. And since we are so close to Pittsburgh and we have such strong connections with the school district, we wanted to investigate how we could be a part of this transition. One of the things we realized, though, upon our um, initial investigation is that we actually don't have very many students of color in our College of Ed. And in order for us to be a part of the teacher diversity pipeline and to support the mission and the new vision of Pittsburgh Public Schools to diversify their teacher workforce, we would have to engage in the process of recruiting, retaining, and graduating teacher candidates of color so that we could make an impact on our surrounding community. So the program development is the first chapter, and it initially started with just two goals. When we first had the initial thought, we had heard a speaker that sparked the idea that maybe we should start a program. We knew that in our College of Education, this was a goal to recruit and assist the local community in training more teachers of color, but we really didn't know where to go with that until we heard a speaker talk about this, saying that they started a summer program. And that triggered the thought in my mind, and at the time I was with Christine at at this meeting, and we started talking about maybe this is something we could do. So our initial thought was more along the lines of recruitment. If we have a summer program that we can essentially market to the Pittsburgh Public Schools and the local community, that they would come to Slippery Rock and see how great it is to be a teacher and then want to seek the teaching career. So that was initially the formation of that idea. And we also thought that it. we also, if some of those students didn't want to be a teacher, we just really wanted to promote college attendance and also not for just for Slippery Rock University. For any university, we wanted to promote them to attend college. So that was our initial thought. So the phase one of that initial thought was to gain support, which we did immediately from our dean. He was jumped on board. We reached out to colleagues to see who else was interested in helping us out. Jeremy stepped up right away. And we started with with Jeremy. And then, and then Monique, we added a little bit after about six months or so, she started in and, and started with the program. As I said, we started with the Summer Institute. And so that whole first year was mainly thinking, how could we have a Summer Institute? It wasn't until Jeremy and Christine met with our local Pittsburgh Public School Teaching Magnet Director that we ended up extending the Summer Institute idea into a whole entire school year program. So that was start of the blossoming of our program into a much more, a larger, broader base program. 
And so the conversations with that community partner who we now work in tandem with in the Pittsburgh City Schools uh, Teaching Magnet Program, we kind of established that school year partnership where the our faculty will go in and talk to her students about being a teacher, what being a teacher is like, do lessons with them. And we started that program off, which Christine will delve into a little bit more. At this point, we also started looking for grants. And, and in the fall of 2018, we were able to secure our first grant of $20,000 to assist with the Summer Institute. At that point, we also started to adopt a name. The preparation for the Summer Institute occurred, and we started the full-on planning in spring of 2019 for our first Summer Institute in the summer of 2019. Chapter two is going to get into those structural components. So if we now look at planning and development phase two, this will tell the story of what occurred during 2019 to 2020. And of course, there were lots of surprises along the way, but our school year partnership was in full gear until COVID happened. Like Linda said, we had received the first grant. We received a second grant from an external funder. We wanted to really increase the recruitment for the Summer Institute because we wanted to extend beyond just the work we did at the one high school where there's a teaching magnet program. At that high school, our relationship with the director allows us to spend considerable time at the school and have those students come to our campus, but we wanted to move beyond that. And of course, COVID took a turn with our plans in that regard. And in the back of our mind, we started to really bring to the front of our mind a focus on the regional initiative to build the urban pipeline and to infuse culturally responsive and sustaining pedagogy in our program. And this is something that really continues. That's kind of the headline news. What I'd like to do now is to dive deeply into what occurs during the school year and during the summer. And I should say, well, during the summer, when we're not living our lives during a pandemic. So we give these high school students the opportunity to explore and to envision college education as a next step, as their next chapter. And additionally, we connect the high school students to Slippery Rock through reciprocal relationship building opportunities. And that happens in two ways. In one way, we're making visits to the teaching magnet. And the teaching magnet is a program for grades nine to 12. Their curriculum involves one education elective each year. The first year is an intro course. Later, they have a course on issues in education. And another year, they have a course on doing some lesson plan designing and some leadership. And during their senior year of high school, they spend a half a day, their afternoons of their senior year during one semester, visiting a neighborhood school within their school district. 
So that kind of gives you the context of the teaching magnet that we visit. So it's typically monthly visits that we as faculty at Slippery Rock schedule. Sometimes all four of us attend, other times just two of us attend. But we also invite our ambassadors to go with us. Our ambassadors are student workers. They're paid. We are intentional about asking those students who we feel really would have an interest in this type of work, who show the some of the leadership skills that we would hope to see in someone who's working along with us, who's very collaborative. And so when my colleagues and I, joined by the student ambassadors, visit the teaching magnet, we engage high school students in activities and discussions that center on a college experience and what that means. We didn't start out just with topics that are right out of the gate about teaching. We took our very first visit there to get to know them. And Jeremy uses the morning meeting structure from the responsive classroom in his courses. And we use that as a structure to get to know the students. Subsequent lessons dealt with a variety of topics. In one lesson, we really kind of covered the types of degrees, that there's an associate degree, a bachelor's degree, a master's, a doctoral degree. And there were activities that the students engaged in and did discussion and always leaving time for questions. That was a really important component. Another lesson looked at the week, a week in the life of a college student, both the academic and the campus life. And the ambassadors helped us plan this one. Two of the ambassadors suggested that we would provide the students with two pages out of a weekly planner. And then we gave the high school students a list of activities that they had to schedule in that planner. And they were really shocked to see how much empty time there was. But then we started to add, well, you have this obligation and this meeting and you need to go and see your professor, and it would probably be a good idea to call home and check in with your family. And suddenly they saw their weeks being fuller. Another time we had an ambassador who had created a video of what it's like to live in the residence hall, and we used that video. So that kind of gives you the flavor for the visits that we have when we attend and visit the Teaching Magnet program. Again, our ambassadors played a really vital role in that. We paired an ambassador with each prospective high school student, and together they facilitated learning activities with preschool to sixth grade students. We focused on one age group each day, and in order to provide them with that experience of working with children, we partnered with our colleagues on our campus and with our school partners. Our ambassadors planned the lesson and then they had the prospective high school student watch them teach the lesson on one round. So they had centers set up and on subsequent rounds of that particular center, then the high school student had the opportunity to facilitate the activity. So that was their experience with preschool students on our campus in our preschool child care center. 
For interactions with school-age students and middle school students, we partnered with our colleagues in the environmental education program. And we're really fortunate there in that we have a facility on our campus called the McCoskey Center that has outdoor learning spaces. So with that, the children in kindergarten to fourth grade from the child care center on our campus went to the McCoskey Center. And it was the same idea where there were a series of centers and stations. And these prospective high school students really had the opportunity to engage in the work that we have pre-service teachers engage in. There was further collaboration in that they partnered with some student workers, both undergraduate and graduate student workers in the field of environmental education. To give them the experience with middle school, we partnered with our school partner who was running a summer program and those fifth and sixth graders came to campus. So this was a really important part that we wanted them to see what it was like to be a college student who's studying to be a teacher. But that was just a portion of their day. Of course, there was a lot of time to experience campus life, both our campus and the small town that surrounds it. Our funder was in the banking industry, PNC Foundation, and they asked to do a financial education session. And we also had a session where they networked with College of Education alumni who came to our campus on the last day. Throughout the week, we saw relationships form, we saw leadership skills blossom, and we saw a lot of lessons learned, and we learned so many lessons. We learned that those ambassadors also developed so many leadership skills. And we'll get to a little more about the reflection piece and the kinds of lessons that we learned from this experience. So when we started to talk about this program and we started to conceptualize it, we, we really wanted to look at not just, you know, what can we do in terms of getting them prepared to enter the pre-service teacher program and, and eventually enter the teaching workforce, but also getting them prepared to be college students. So our university, Slippery Rock, is what we call a public access university. We are a part of a much larger system in the state of Pennsylvania. And... 43% of our incoming class in 2000, or yeah, 2019, 43% was a first-generation college student. 50% of our transfer students are first-generation college students. 34% of our students are Pell Grant eligible. 40% of our transfer students are Pell Grant eligible. So in conceptualizing this program and thinking about how we can support these students, not just when we recruit them into a teacher candidacy program, but as Monique's going to talk more about here in a minute, how do we keep them there? Um, because we don't want to just bring them to Slippery Rock. We want them to actually graduate in four years and be able to go back into the, the workforce and become a teacher. And one of the primary areas that, that we identified was what we call financial assistance. And it's one of the main pillars of our program. One of those aspects or one of those areas that we identified was sort of the hidden cost of a degree in teacher education, right? So I mentioned the Pell Grant statistic, 70-some percent of our students receive financial aid. The problem that we identified, though, was that many of the fees and costs associated with being a pre-service teacher, a teacher candidate, aren't covered by financial aid. They're not things that a Pell Grant, or we're fortunate that we're part of the Pittsburgh Promise Network, 
where qualified students from Pittsburgh public schools can attend and receive scholarship money to attend an institution. But for our teacher candidates, it was things like clearances, test fees for basic skills testing in the state of Pennsylvania. We have certification tests. You have books, laptops. We have new student deposits. We have housing deposits. We have orientation fees. All total, we came up, it's about $7,000 out of pocket for each one of these students. And we realized that if we really want to diversify the teacher workforce, if we want to diversify our student body, we really need to level the playing field. And we really try to do this by offering financial assistance in areas that is not typically covered by what we would consider our traditional financial aid mechanisms. Um, Tuition and fees, we are able through our external funder to offer $5,000 in scholarships. That is used as what our financial aid calls the last in method. So they take the student's entire financial aid package, including the Pittsburgh Promise, any Pell Grants, anything that they're eligible for. And then we can use this $5,000 from our funder and become we're essentially the last scholarship in, so we can then help to remove any other financial costs that they have. So we have that sort of last in scholarship component, but then again, we do have all of the other fees that are associated with it. Christine mentioned our ambassadors. So our ambassadors are paid student workers. They get paid an hourly rate that's set by the state and they just log their hours and they're paid through our normal payroll system. These same ambassadors were paid for attending and participating in the Summer Institute. So what we're trying to do is think about all the things that could prevent a student from completing a four-year degree in our program and just try to eliminate or remove or just help with some of those issues. We know that many of our students, because of financial issues, whether it's just paying for their own supplies or housing or their own food, or maybe supporting family back home. A lot of our students work. A lot of them work 20 to 40 hours a week in addition to being a student. If you're a student in our program and you're seeking what we call a dual certification, meaning you'll graduate with a certification in elementary education and special education, and that's what we're trying to, to plan for. And, and as we talk about you know, the future direction of this program here towards the end, we'll talk about some of the initiatives that we're thinking about and we're planning for and hoping to seek or receive funding for. So now I think we're going to talk about the recruitment into teacher candidacy, how we plan on keeping them there. And then probably the most important part, at least according to the literature, is that once they get there, how do we keep them there? How do we retain them in college? One of the ways in which I became involved with the Rock Teach program is that I was conducting research on our students of color and their retention rates in our college and trying to figure out how we could best support them in our college and what were some of the barriers to our students staying. And so one of the things that I learned very quickly through my research was that there are a, a number of kind of challenges to keeping our students at Slippery Rock. 
And we want to try and um, identify whether or not we have those issues at Slippery Rock and how we can mitigate them. So one of the biggest issues that Jeremy has already talked about as far as retention in college is that we have these standardized tests that are used to get our students into candidacy and then get them to licensure. And these are sometimes screen out effects. And not only um, do we have issues with students passing the test, but as Jeremy mentioned, we have issues with our students actually paying for the test. We also um, sometimes have issues with retaining our students at PWIs and and colleges with large discrepancies between pre-service teachers of color and non-pre-service teachers of color because they do experience overt and covert racism within their classrooms or on college campuses. They may also experience microaggressions or lack of faculty support or very uncomfortable situations um, within the campus environment. And so doing this research helped me to realize that our students really need quite a few things to mitigate the challenges that they face just for being a student, a student of color on a, a primarily white college campus. So we took kind of these ideas, elements of supporting our students so that we can retain them in college, which are um, belonging, which is the premise that they feel as though they're a part of a community and not just a community that's their own, but the larger community. We also looked very closely at the idea of creating cohorts and bringing students in as a group so that they would have someone there who they could rely on, who they could grow with over time. And then also providing them with opportunities for social networking. So we implemented these pillars into the Rock Teach um, retention program by kind of latching on to a lot of the services that are, are already available for our students at Slippery Rock. We also want to make sure our students have access, again, to programs that are already available on campus. And so we often refer them to our Jumpstart program, which is a program that's meant to help transition students from high school life into college life. Similarly, our students are connected with our student success coaches, both of these programs out of the Office of Inclusive Excellence, where our students are In addition to having an academic advisor, they also have a success coach. A success coach may support our students if they're looking to learn more about how to use their time more productively, learn how to make adjustments in their schedule. If they're struggling and they need to find a tutor, their success coach might help them facilitate that process. But again, there are just additional people involved with the students so that we can uh, support the effort to retain them. We also are lucky to have a department and a college that believes very dearly that one way we can um, develop qualified pre-service teachers is to engage in thorough field experiences starting in the sophomore year. So our students begin their first field experience in either their diversity block or or their literacy block in their sophomore year. And they have, at minimum, 20 hours of experience with students across those blocks. And so as they mature through their junior and senior year, their time in the schools increases. 
And we feel as though this is a valuable contribution to our efforts to retain our students because the earlier we get them into the classrooms, the easier time they have making connections between what they see in their college courses and what they can do out in the real world. And they really start to develop their teaching skills at this point, even though they may only be observing at first or dibbling and dabbling here, it provides them with the framework that they need to start developing their own philosophies about how they want to teach and what they want to do with their lives or their classrooms in the future. While we spent most of this story talking a lot about Rock Teach as a program, we recognize that this is one tiny sliver in a large master plan that we hope to enact as a college situated um, in a context that's very close to Pittsburgh public schools as we share the same mission and vision for creating a pipeline to diversify our teacher workforce. So Rock Teach is one step in that pipeline and Essentially, if we are successful in recruiting students from the Pittsburgh Public School Partnership to both our summer institute and or to Slippery Rock or other teacher education programs, we can work to retain those students through support and thus get them back into the Pittsburgh Public Schools either through placements in their field experiences or, of course, jobs, which would be our ultimate goal. After our graduates in the pipeline go into the Pittsburgh public schools, and we haven't had that yet because our program is still so new, our hope is that the students then become mentors or cooperating teachers that are centered in the urban education career context. And thus we can start to replenish or refresh that cycle of bringing students from Pittsburgh public schools into the Rock Teach program. And we can also create spaces to have more elaborate or, or more robust field placements. So we are very proud to be initiating kind of this first step by having the program and making this contribution to the pipeline but we do, we do have quite a way to go and we, we are looking forward to seeing those results in the near future. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the AACTE podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Revolutionizing Education and our annual conference, please visit our website at aacte.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at AACTE. There are more episodes coming your way, so be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. We hope you'll join us again next time.